0: The scripture reading today is from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves, and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these words of Scripture that come to us across the centuries. We pray, Lord, that in these few moments you would sort of write us into the into the story. Help us to imagine in a way that we're we're sitting out there on the grass. We've been listening to your words. We've we've heard the exchange between you and your disciples, and and we witness this miraculous uh, transformation of five loaves and two fish. And then bring us back to our own time and help us to think about what all this means for our living today. Speak to us, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Well, you know, there were a lot of hungry people on that hillside that particular day when Jesus spent the day uh, teaching those who had gathered there. Mark says in our, in our scripture lesson in verse 44 that there were 5,000 men. And, and I'm glad that the New Revised Standard Version didn't change that from men to people because um, what it suggests really is that there were a lot more than 5,000 people there? Maybe 10 or 15,000 if you counted the women and the children. Now I don't know why Mark just counted the men. I've I've often uh, joked that it's because it's easier to count the bald heads in the sunlight. I I don't know. Uh, but the point is, this was a big crowd. This was a huge crowd. Uh, now you you might. Uh, ask yourself, well, how can this be? How can Jesus speak to a crowd that large, even 5,000? That's a lot of people for someone to speak without a microphone or anything like that, no amplifier system. Uh, But I've had the opportunity to be uh, uh, along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, there's, There's one place in particular that that some believe this might be the place where Jesus spoke, but whether it's there, some other place. The point is that uh, certainly in that place, I, I was I was just amazed. We, uh, the group that I was with, was standing up kind of on the hillside, and and you could look down toward the water, and it was probably maybe a hundred yards or so. Um, and there was a smaller group that was kind of walking along a path going down toward the water. And they were just kind of conversing with each other, not yelling or screaming or anything like that, just kind of talking to each other. And I'm not kidding you, standing up on top of the hill, we could hear them as if they were right next to us. It was, it was an amazing acoustic event. And maybe it had to do with the way the water uh, bounced, uh, the sound waves up on the hillside. I don't know. But so I can imagine Jesus speaking to this huge crowd, 5, 10, 15,000 people. They had been there all day. They had been listening to Jesus and now it was late and it was time to eat. And the disciples wanted to send them away, send them to their own towns to eat. In in verse 36, Mark records their words to Jesus, send them away so that they may go into their surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. Now, they had uh, several reasons why they wanted to send the crowd away. Uh, To be real honest, I don't think the disciples wanted uh, the crowd to be there in the first place. They had been sent out a few days earlier by Jesus uh, on a sort of a mission. Uh, They had been sent out to teach, to heal, uh, really to spread the, the word of the kingdom of God as Jesus had been teaching them, they were now going out and teaching others as well. While they were away and on their way back, they learned that John the Baptist had been arrested and eventually he was beheaded by King Herod. And so you can imagine that they were kind of maybe sus- they were suspicious of any kind of crowds. Might there be some spies out there just waiting to take them next? Would they be arrested as John the Baptist was? They didn't want to be around a crowd. Plus, they'd been away several days. They were, they were tired. They, they wanted to just kind of get away from the crowd, just be by themselves for a while. So this became an opportunity for them when it, came, it became late, it was time for dinner. And so they said, oh, Jesus, uh, don't you want to send them away? Send them away to the surrounding country and villages so they can buy something to eat. Plus, and maybe more importantly, they didn't have enough food to feed such a crowd. There was, they hadn't prepared for such a crowd. They didn't bring in carts of food. They, uh, they, they had no one to assist them in providing a meal for the people. In verse thirty-seven. They say to Jesus, are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? It's really a rhetorical question. They 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 don't have 200 denarii. A denarius was equivalent to about one day's wage. So what they were saying to Jesus is even if we had 200 days of salary, 200, that's almost seven months of salary. We, we wouldn't have enough to... To feed this crowd. This crowd is too large. But of course, they didn't have that kind of money. They didn't have 200 denarii. Simply put, they didn't think they had enough to feed the hunger of the people that were sitting before them. The question is this, what really were the people hungry for? what were they hungry for were they were they hungry for dinner or were they hungry for something else and i'd i'd like to suggest a few possibilities that i think you can see very clearly in the in our scripture lesson number 1 i think they were hungry for rest now we see that even among the disciples. In verse 31, Jesus says to his disciples when they have returned from their mission trips, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. You you can almost imagine that Jesus can see written on their faces just kind of an exhaustion for what they had been engaged in. Maybe their body language was telling Jesus they just needed to sit down. They needed they needed to all be by themselves. And so he says, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while you see the disciples were hungry for rest but they weren't the only ones who were hungry for rest in verse 31 mark says for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat (laughs) that that could have been written about our generation about our time couldn't it they were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat these were people who were hungry for rest and Jesus could see it. And maybe it was a deeper kind of rest than simply a, a rest from uh, manual labor, but maybe it was a rest of the soul. You know, kind of a, a hunger for getting rid of the anxiety and, and, the, and the, the trouble that kind of keeps us kind of all tense and often irritable. The question I have for you and me is, can the church give rest to people. We're often the worst examples of giving rest to people. (laughs) People go away on vacation, we make them feel guilty. You know, they come back and go, boy, you really missed something. (laughs) Where did you go? Oh, I wish I had gone there. You know, we make them feel guilty. I've always thought around vacation time, especially in the summer, we ought to have a special service where everyone who's going to go on vacation, we bring them all up and we pray over them and we pray that they have a restful vacation. Some of us go on vacation, and we have to come back for rest, you know. Can the church give people rest from their anger, from their bitterness, from anxiety? I think that's a real mission of the church. Well, the second thing that I think the scripture lesson shows us that people were hungry for is love, as simple as that, love. When Jesus got out of the boat, now remember, from the lesson, the disciples come, the people come, he says to the disciples, come away by yourselves. And, and so he puts them in a boat, and they take off across the sea, ostensibly to leave the people behind. But the people, they see where they're going, and so they run around the lake. And when Jesus and the disciples get to the other side, they're the, the crowd's there. They've all come and followed him, see. And it's at that point where Mark says that when Jesus got out of the boat, he had compassion for them. That was the first thing that Mark says happened in the heart of Jesus when he got out of that boat and he saw the crowd. It says he had come as opposed to, oh boy, was he frustrated that these people had followed them all the way around the lake. No, Mark says he had compassion on them. No wonder the people ran around the lake. They met a, they met a man who loved them. They met a person who loved them. They met a God who loved them. You know, teenagers join gangs today. They get uh, get involved in self-destructive relationships. Uh, Young teenage girls get pregnant out of wedlock. Why? Because they're hungry for love. They're hungry for a relationship. You've heard the adage that if you uh, build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. I've always said that if you Tell people that you love them. The world will beat a path to your door. But if you really love them, if you really love people, they're going to beat beat your house down because people are hungry for love, because we don't get it. We, we look around and there's a lot, of, a lot of self-centeredness that surrounds us, and we can hardly go to the store that somebody doesn't say something mean to us, you know? And so when someone is kind, when someone is gentle, when someone shows compassion, boy, we just soak it up like a sponge, because we're all, you see, hungry for love. Well, the third uh, example of hunger in our scripture lesson, I think is leadership. Wow. Leadership. In verse 34, we find out why Jesus had compassion on the people, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were kind of wandering. They were like sheep, not knowing where to go, not knowing where the green pastures were, not knowing where the cool waters were. Uh, Sheep looking for a shepherd to lead them, to direct them, hungry for guidance Hungry for answers, for advice, for somebody to say, here's a better way. I, I have uh, spoken at times about uh, the Psalm 23, and which uh, compares God to a shepherd. And, there, and there's a phrase we're all familiar with, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In, in the time of Jesus, shepherds carried two sticks. One was a shorter one, a rod that was like a weapon to beat off wild animals. But there was another one, the staff, which was longer, the one that we're more familiar with that was used to kind of direct the sheep, to guide them, if you will, provide a sort of leadership. And there, there's another part in Psalm 23 where it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And for most of my life, I didn't really know what that meant other than, well, that's really nice. The shepherd kind of helps us lie down and, you know, we look up at the clouds and see what kind of animals and things we see in the clouds. But, but it's more, it's more poignant than that. Uh, Apparently sheep will, if they, if they go into a green pasture, they'll, they'll just keep eating until they, until they really make themselves sick, maybe even die. Uh, as long as they're standing out there in the green pasture they're they're going to eat and so what the shepherd does is take that staff and kind of pull their legs out from under them so they lie down and when they lie down they stop eating. I've always said I I need a staff next to my refrigerator, you know. Yeah. Lie down, boy. <laughs> so you you see God like a shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures. God protects us from ourselves you know, guides us in a way that's, that, that helps us. And, and we're hungry for that kind of leadership in our lives. No wonder we're also angry with each other in this p- current political environment because we all want, we want a better leader. We, we want some, someone that can lead us in a way that we can feel good about it. And, and, and we struggle with that. We don't know what that is. And, and we, we think we do sometimes and then we even second guess ourselves. People are hungry for leadership, and so they were in the time of Jesus. A fourth hunger that I see in in the text, you find in verse 34, it says, he began to teach them many things. He got out of the boat. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so at that point, he begins to teach them. The first words out of his mouth are words of teaching. In verse 30, the the very first verse that that we read this morning, we learned that that's part of what the disciples' mission was all about. It was about teaching. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. They had gone out teaching people, guiding them with their teachable moments. Aren't we still hungry for teaching? That's why I've always said, it's wonderful to have praise worship. It's wonderful to sing praise songs, but worship has to be teaching as well. Because we're all hungry for that. That's why Disciple Bible Study took our church by a storm uh, several decades ago, and why it's still going on in a lot of churches. Because people are hungry for teaching. That's why teaching churches are some of the, the fastest growing churches in our nation. Because people want to know, they want to learn, they want to grow. But the final and, and perhaps greatest hunger that we see in our text this morning is the hunger to give. Remember how Jesus tells his disciples when, when they tell them that it's late and the people need to go and find some food to eat, he tells them, you give them something to eat, verse 37. You give them something to eat. They probably didn't think they had anything left to give. I I, I often think of perhaps a young mother or young father with several young children. And at the end of the day, you know, you've been at work. You've been, you've, uh, you've given them baths. You've given, you know, you, you fed them. You maybe you changed a few diapers along the way and you just feel like you've given everything. And it's precisely at that moment that one of them comes up kind of pulling on your pant leg or your, or your skirt mommy daddy but what what parent among us wouldn't just grab that child and give them the love that's still in our hearts cuz you see we all have a hunger to give it's what gives us purpose it's what gives us meaning it's what Jesus knew it's what he knew about the disciples And so even though they probably felt like they had nothing left to give, they certainly didn't have enough to feed this crowd. And they also were tired and they were anxious and and they probably didn't feel like they had anything left to give within themselves. But Jesus knew differently. And so he tells them, you give them something to eat. Notice he, when they respond with their kind of rhetorical question, how are we going to do this? You know, he then asks them, how many loaves have you? go and see. Simple question, but it's a profound one because he doesn't ask, how many loaves do you think it will take? What what do you think that that crowd out there, 5, 10, 15,000 people, what, what do you think it's going to take to feed? He doesn't ask that question. That's not the question. He asks them, how many loaves do you have? What do you have? That's all he's asking for. He's not asking for more than what they have. He's just asking for what they do have. How many loaves do you have? And that's when they bring out the five loaves and the two fish, which he then took, blessed. And notice what he does. He gives it back to them. And then they give it to the crowd. And at the end, there are 12 baskets left over. Now, this whole uh, story of the This miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is one of the few miracles that you find in all four gospels. And if you read John's account of this incident, it has a little twist to it that is very profound. In John's gospel, the disciples didn't even have the five loaves and two fish. They had nothing. What they had was a little boy that they brought forward. And they say to Jesus, John six, verse nine. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Even the boy that they bring forward, they say, Well, he's got he's got the meal that perhaps he had brought for his family, maybe his his brothers and sisters and his parents. So they maybe that's the meal they were gonna have this night, and, and he's brought it forward. But that you know, it's nothing. It's still nothing. They, they even discount the gift this boy has brought to Jesus. And in John's gospel, Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish. He blesses it. But what's interesting here, it's Jesus who then gives the bread and the fish to the crowd. Notice, different from Mark. For for that matter, for all the the synoptic gospels, it's always the disciples who share the, the bread and the fish. But in John's gospel, it's Jesus who gives them what they are to eat later after they've been fed those who are, remain behind those who kind of follow jesus or a little bit more instruction he tells them what what it's all about and and it's it's here at this moment and in, in this part of john's gospel that that jesus gives meaning to the whole thing that happened before in all the other gospels and gives meaning to the holy communion that we that we participate in, in this church 2000 years later he says i am the bread of life that's that's what jesus was giving to the crowd you see he was giving of himself that's why john has jesus giving the 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 food to the people because what what john is trying to tell us it's it's jesus who's who fills the the greatest void in our lives and that's what when when the disciples in the synoptic gospels, when they're giving the bread and the fish, that's what they're really giving to the crowd. They're giving not just this bread that will fill the bellies of those who have come, but they are filling them with the love of Christ who has shown them that everyone has the possibility of giving it even when they think they have nothing left to give. Think about it. Isn't that why the terrorists flew their planes in the Twin Towers and the Pentagon. They they wanted to they wanted to be filled with God's love, and they were convinced that if they did this terrible deed, that they would be closer to God. They'd go to heaven. You see, that's it's it's innate within in inna, with, with with all of us. We 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 all want to be filled with this eternal nature of the one who has created us, Jesus, the incarnation of God's love for the whole world. That's what people are hungry for. That was their misguided mission. And sometimes we do the same thing. We get misguided. We we think we are filling ourselves with God's love, but it's often with the things of this world that uh, come and go. We all want to be connected with the eternal with something or someone bigger than ourselves. You see we all have this God hole. In our hearts. That only God can fill. And that is what we have to offer. To a hungry world. It is Christ. Who fills the void. Let us pray. Lord forgive us for filling our lives with the transitory things that really do not provide any sustenance sometimes they bring a little little happiness for a moment but it's fleeting it comes and it goes help us Lord to open our hearts to your grace feed us with your love so that we then might give to others in Christ's name we pray Amen.